Yo. Hey, Elevate! Let's all join me up here. You know the drill by now. Come on, let's be a family. Stop munching on your Yo. munchies and come up here, everybody. Come up here, Quinn. It's a great night, guys. Who's excited to be here? What I want to share with you guys today is I want you to think about who am I serving? Who do you guys serve today? Who do you serve, Isaiah? Jesus. Who do you serve, Nathan? Jesus. Yes, Galatians 1.10 tells us, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So today, who are we going to serve, everybody? Jesus. Say it louder. Who are we going to serve? Today we're going to worship. All right, TJ, can you open up this in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord Jesus. We thank you for everything you have done, Lord Father God. Lord, we pray that you just give all the glory, Lord Father God. Even during our worship, Lord Father God, we pray that it's just onto you, Lord Father God. We pray that people. I pray that you have a connection with these people right now, Lord Jesus. Even in this, in this moment, Lord Father God, pray that you have your way, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. This song is called Freedom. I want to clap a little louder than before. I want to sing a little louder than before. Whoa, whoa. than before I want to shout I want to shout a little louder Do you want of his heart? 
Jesus, your presence is heaven to us all, Lord. We are nothing without you, Lord. 
Lord, we pray, we worship the creator and not the creation today, Lord. We know that our eyes are set above to you, Lord. We set our eyes to you and look towards our treasure, God. We look towards the one, the only one, our king, our father, the one who is in complete control of our life, Lord. And today we raise our hands and surrender to you. Let's surrender to Jesus today. Let's give him that burden from this week, that anger, that hate that riled up inside of us that we just want to let go, Lord. Let it go today, Lord. Tell Jesus to take it, Lord. Take my burden. Take my burden, Jesus, because he can handle it. He wants us to give it to him. Let's give it to him today. Let's let him have it. Let him have control over our lives. And in this week, let's just show the light that he's placed in our heart, Lord. Let it sit in our soul, Lord, because his presence is heaven. Yes, Jesus. Let's worship you today, Lord. And I pray that the hearts of all the people in front of me today are just convicted for you, God. That they just worship you with all their strength and let everything pierce their heart, Lord, and stick for them for all these moments, Lord. And let them go out and share that word. Let it bubble up so they have to share it, God. Yes, Jesus, and let's just have your peace and calm that only you can provide, Lord. We pray this all in your glorious name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Yo, 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 Elevate, what's up? Elevate! Hold on, man, y'all gotta stand up. Let's stand up, let's stand up. I know y'all tired from worship. Lamont, let's get our muscles relaxed, man, get pumped. I said, who's excited for Elevate? Elevate! Hold on, I'm gonna do this side first, okay? Hold on, hold on. Elevate! Okay. Elevate! I don't know, guys. I don't know, yo. When two more guys, the Lord is present. Y'all got more than people over here. <laughs> anyway, guys, y'all can sit down again. Sit down, y'all can sit down. I don't want to keep y'all up. Welcome to Elevate, guys, where we meet here at 545 West Diversity every Friday at 7 p.m. All right, this is where it's at. This is where it goes down. Get the slides going. Guys, we have a vision here. Now, my vision is not 2020. Who got 2020 vision here? That's not the vision I'm talking about. You got 2020 vision? Really? Can you read that? Okay, she got 2020 vision. <laughs> loving God, loving people, guys. Who loves God? Who loves people? Did I hear boo? Who said boo? Y'all got to love people. You can't just love God and then just not love people and then love God and then just love God and not people. It's both to the whole heart. Love God, love people. And that is our vision here. Next up, we got our strategy, and our strategy here is connect, mentor, and send. Who in here is connected to Jesus? Who in here has been sent out? Little brother, he's been sent out. Come on, I see him on Saturdays. He goes preaches the gospel. Go with this guy. He goes on Saturdays, and he goes to some crazy parts of, of Chicago. <laughs> Amen to him. <laughs> Next slide. Goal. We have a goal here, guys, and that is 100,000 disciples reaching 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Next, guys, we have our tithe and offerings. If y'all could stand up, please. Guys, 10% of your total income is a tithe. Who knew that? Who in here knew that? 
Tithe is actually 10. Tithe. That's, that's how it is. Tithe. No, y'all looking at me weird. <laughs> but that is the tithe. It's 10% of your total income. I want to ask Josie, what is an offering? Anything you give after your tithe. Boom. She knows it. Anything you give after your tithe. Guys, learn that. You learned something new at church today. Who learned something new at church? That a, a tithe is 10%. Okay. Isaiah, he, Isaiah learned something new. <laughs> All right, guys. We have a little equation for y'all. 10% of $1. Oh, hold up, hold up. I got a call on somebody. David Jr., come up here, bro. David Jr., I call him David Jr. What is 10% of a dollar? Are you talking about like 1.00? You tell me, bro. I can't tell you the answer. <laughs> well, if it's 1.00, I'm going to go with um, 10 cents. What is it? One dime. Give it up for David. All right, y'all. What we're going to do now is we're going to pray for the tithe. If y'all don't got money, Jesus still loves you, okay? <laughs> Let's pray for the, for, this, uh, for the service and the tithe. Goodbye, our heads. Father God, we thank you for this time, Lord. God, we thank you for gathering everybody here, Lord God, for this awesome night. God, we are ready, God. We are here expecting great things. God, I know I am expecting great things. Lord, I just pray for this tithe, God, for this offering, God, and I pray, God, that it will be used, God, to advance your kingdom, oh, God. And I pray also, God, for this word, God, that you have prepared in the heart of whoever's going to preach, oh, God. And I pray, God, that through this individual, oh, God, that will preach fire, God, will just be sent out, God, and that everyone here, God, would receive it, God, with the whole heart. We thank you. We love you, Jesus. We pray this all in your name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Come give your tithe. All right, elevate, elevate. How's everybody doing today? Do we have any Cub fans in the house? Any Cub fans, man. That's what I'm talking about, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm not really into sports, but I am into Chicago. And uh, they won, and that's what it is, man. They are world champions. We can't hate on that. You have to appreciate and initiate um, rather than hate. Um, I want to come up here today, I want to invite, uh, not yet, but I want to uh, give a shout out, man, for the brother that's about to preach tonight. I love this brother, man. He's like my little spiritual son, man of God, man, SUM, college, uh, Bible college student. And um, without further ado, let's give it up for Julian. Come on. Mm, amen, amen. I'm excited. Let me just put this stuff up here. What's up, guys? How y'all doing tonight? Oh, that's that's messed up. Y'all ain't even excited to be here. Steve, come back up. Elevate's over. Forget this. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. God is good. Amen. Elevate. Elevate. God is good. And all the time. Come on, somebody. All right, so today I'm going to be talking about Jephthah. Raise your hand if you've ever heard the name Jephthah. Wow, there's like two of you. Amen. That's exciting for me, though, because then I get to tell you for the first time who he is. But right now I want to start in a word of prayer so if everybody could bow their heads. God, we come in at this time, Lord, and we ask you for revelation, Lord, for fresh anointing, God, that I would speak the word of God and I would bring it to your people, God, and they would be able to digest it, Lord, and they would be able to receive it, and it would be a fresh thing in their mind, God, and they would go home or they would go out of this place, God, and it wouldn't just be a hollow promise, God, that they would make a declaration to you to serve you for the rest of their days, Lord, and I pray that this word would pierce their hearts, and it's in your mighty name that we all pray, and everybody said, amen. All right, so I want to start off by telling you guys who Jephthah is. 
Now, well, first of all, I want to start by reading Hebrews 11, which is where he's first mentioned and where our series Heroes of the Faith comes from. And in Hebrews 11:32, it says, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the fury of the flames. Amen. So Jephthah's kind of like just mentioned in there. But nonetheless, this is the Hall of Faith, Hall of Fame for believers. So we want to tell you who he really was. Now, I'm going to tell you, Jephthah was a son of uh, Gildean, which is likely from the tribe of Manasseh, which you guys probably don't know what that is. But it's one of the original 12 tribes of Israel. So the son of Jacob, they, he had 12 sons, right? Everybody knows that? Jacob had 12 sons? Amen. You ain't even nodding your heads. You're like, who is Jacob? What does this mean? What are you talking about? Jacob had 12 sons, and one of those tribes was this tribe. So that's where Jephthah's father was from, and his mother was actually a prostitute. And his, his father had a wife, so he was born, basically born out of an affair. So his mom had other children, and when these other children came of age and grew up a little bit, they literally kicked Jephthah out of his home. They said, you will not receive your inheritance. And um, he led a gang of scoundrels, kind of like a Robin Hood-esque kind of things, and he was a great military leader. But I want to turn to the verses where his story first starts. We're going to go to Judges 11. It's going to be in the whole chapter. So if you have your Bible, take out your Bible. If you don't, we're going to pull it up on the karaoke screen. So in Judges 11, it says, Jephthah the Gildite was a mighty warrior. His, fa his father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You are not going to get an inheritance in our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. And that's what I was talking about where they said, you know, Jephthah, you're not going to get that because you're basically, you're basically born to another woman. You're not part of our family. You're an outcast. All right. And then it says, so Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a gang of scoundrels gathered around him and followed him. So basically, like you could look like a street gang out here, like uh, somebody named a street gang. I don't want to just be like disciples. Of course, Steve will mention disciples. Repent. You're not a disciple. You're a disciple of Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. OK, so he led like basically a gang of, of disciples. See, that's a bad one because then it's like disciples of Christ. Um, whatever. But he led a gang of basically people off the street and he was their leader. And sometime later when the, Anamite, when the Ammonites were fighting against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to Jephthah from the land of Tob. Come, they said, be our commander so we can fight the Ammonites. Ammonites. Sorry, that's a hard word to pronounce for me. Uh, Jephthah said to them, didn't you hate me and drive me from my father's house? Why'd you come to me now when you're in trouble? Now, how many people have gone through this before? You've had friends and, uh, you know, you stop being friends for a while and all of a sudden they're in like a bind or in some trouble and they're like, hey, can you come and help me now? And then you're like, wait, weren't, didn't you just like say like you hated me? Weren't you just telling your best friend like, I hope this person transfers schools and I never see them again? But now they're coming to you in a time of need. And that's what Jephthah was going through. And the elders then said, nevertheless, we are turning to you now. Come with us to fight the Ammonites, and you will be head over all of us who live in Gilead. So their promise, that was a declaration they made to him, saying that, look, if you lead us, even though we kicked you out of this house, even though we did this, because likely uh, within these elders that were, that were uh, the elders of Gilead were likely some of his brothers because his dad was, sorry, was one of the higher ranking officials. So... Uh, likely including his brother, so they literally kicked him out of that house. So he's questioning, and, and they're, they're responding to him, saying, we'll make you that king over us. And then Jephthah answers, suppose you take me back to fight the Anamites, and the Lord gives them to me. Will I really be your head? Uh, and then the elders of Gilead replied, the Lord is our witness. We will certainly do as you say. So Jephthah went, to the, went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and commander over them. And he repeated all of his words before the Lord in Mizpah. So what Mizpah is, it's a place uh, near Gilead, which is the land that he's in. It's where um, people actually went to make promises to the Lord, where two people would come, and they would be, it was basically pillars of stone. And these people would come, and it would be where people witnessed these vows that people made, and the Lord would be honored in that place. The Lord was said to be in that, present in that place. 
And then Jephthah sent messengers to the Anamite king with the question, what do you have against me that you have attacked my country? The king of the Anamites answered Jephthah's messengers, when Israel came up out of Egypt, they took away my land from Arnon and the Jabbok. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, Jabbok. Where did I go? Oh, all the way to the Jordan. Now give it back peaceably. Jephthah sent message back messengers to the Anamite king saying, this is what Jephthah says. Israel did not take the land of Moab or the land of the Anamites. But when they came up out of Egypt, Israel went through the wilderness to the Red Sea onto Kadesh. Then Israel sent messengers to the king of Adam saying, give us permission to go through your country. But the king of Adam would not listen. They sent also to the king of Moab and he refused. So Israel stayed at Kadesh. Next, they traveled through the wilderness, skirted the lambs of Adam and Moab, passed along the eastern side of the country of Moab, and camped on the other side of Arnon. They did not enter the territory of Moab, for the Arnon was its border. Then Israel sent messengers to the Sihon king, and uh, Sihon king of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon, and said to him, Let us pass through your country to our own place. Sihon, however, did not trust Israel to pass through his territory. He mustered all of his troops and encamped at Jahaz and fought with Israel. Then the Lord, the God of Israel, gave Sihon and his whole army into Israel's hands, and they defeated them. Israel took over the land of the Amorites who lived in that country, capturing all of it from the Arnon and the Jabbok from the desert to the Jordan. Now, since the Lord since the Lord, the God of Israel, has given the Amorites out of his uh, out before his people Israel, what right have you to take it over? Will you not take what your God Shemrosh, uh, Shemosh gave, gives you? Likewise, whatever the Lord our God has given us, we will possess. Are you any better than Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever quarrel with Israel or fight with them? For 300 years, Israel occupied Heshbon, Arur, and the surrounding settlements and all the towns along Arnon. Why didn't you retake them during that time? I have not wronged you, but you are doing me wrong by waging war against me. Let the Lord, the judge, decide the dispute uh, this day between Israelites and Anamites. So basically, all that is telling you that... Um, Jephthah was trying to make peace. That's what a great military leader will do. Uh, in that time, it was more uh, honorable to try to make peace without war. So without killing and uh, getting rid of all these lives that's unnecessary, he, went, he sent messengers to the king himself saying, hey, all this happened, but why are you trying to war with me? We can make peace and we could do this the right way. So that was Jephthah's way of trying to uh, level the situation out and not go to war. But then the king of Ammon, however, paid no attention to that message that Jephthah sent them. So basically he was like, you know what, forget what you said. I understand you sent this big, long message that took Julian five minutes to read. But hey, forget that. And then the spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, uh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead. And from there he advanced to the, uh, against the Anamites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. Now this is the most important thing because the message today is titled, Jephthah's Faith through his promise keeping. So this is the promise that he made, the vow he made to God. If you give the Anamites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door uh, of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Anamites will be the Lord's, and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So at this point, Jephthah is ready to go into war. At this point, he got past the peace offering. The king didn't want it. So Jephthah says, okay, I'm going into war. The spirit of God came upon him. He was probably praying or something like that. And uh, he made that vow, basically saying, I'm going to go to war. If you make me successful at this time, then the first thing I see when I get home, the first thing that comes out of my house will be yours, God. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Now, most of you are like, man, I'm not sacrificing nothing. But when God, when you make a promise to the Lord, don't let it be a hollow promise. Let it be something that you're going to honor. See, uh, Jephthah made this promise with a genuine heart, knowing that in the end he was going to honor it, no matter what it would take. And we'll find out later what that cost was. But right now, some of us in this place right now are making uh, promises or offerings to God that we don't plan to honor, that we don't plan to keep. Uh, but you'll make a promise or uh, a vow to your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You'll be like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow, right? Okay, we're going to meet at this place. I'm going to buy you some food. You're real special. I tell my girl all the time, I'm like, hey, baby, 
you special. I'm going to buy you something real nice, right? And I plan to honor that. See, I might, I might have to buy her something now because I put her on the spot. But for real, sometimes we make these promises and we're like, uh, maybe tomorrow, uh, maybe the next day, then the day comes. And uh, some of you were probably praying for the Cubs. You're like, man, if the Cubs win, Jesus, I'll be at church on Sunday, 10 a.m. But then 10 a.m. rolls around, you're like, uh, I don't know. I just wanted the Cubs to win. I didn't really care about coming to church, right? See, that's not what Jephthah was doing. Jephthah was making a vow and understanding what the cost took. No matter what was going to come out of his house at that time, he knew that the Lord, uh, if the Lord would honor his promise, he would have to honor the Lord. Now let's continue. Uh, then Jephthah went over to fight the Anamites, and the Lord gave them into his hands. So the Lord honored his part. He devastated 20 towns from Aror to the vicinity to the vicinity of Minith and as far as Abel Karamim. Thus Israel subdued Ammon. When Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter, dancing to the sounds of timbrels? She was an only child except for her. He had neither son nor daughter. Now this is where it gets real. So Jephthah won. God delivered the enemies into Jephthah's hands. He slayed 20 towns as far as probably our eyes can see. So he's coming home really triumphant from this battle. And who does he see coming out of his house from that vow that he made? He realized that it was his daughter and that he would now have to sacrifice his daughter. How many people have little brothers or sisters in this place? Raise your hand because I know I ain't none of y'all parents. Sinners. No, I'm just kidding. So if you have little brothers or sisters, imagine if, and I hope you would love them, but if you don't, just pretend you love them at this time. So imagine you're a, a military leader or you're, you're in charge of something and you make a vow to the Lord and you're like, listen, God, if you, if you let me win this game or whatever, if you let me uh, win at, uh, you let me be the best person in my classroom and when I get home, I'm going to clean my brother or sister's room for a year and then you come home, you, you, the first person I see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve them for a whole year, whatever they would ask. And then you come home and it's your brother or sister like, hey, can you clean my room? And then you're like, dang, I just promised to the Lord that I would serve this person. And they asked me to clean their room. So now I got to clean their room for a year. How many of y'all would be happy that you had to clean your brother or sister's room for a year? Other than my beautiful fiance who's very participating right now. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? No. So just one out of like 50 people that are here right now. Oh, Jojo. Oh, Josie said yeah, too. Oh, that's two. See? Josie loves her brother. See, you better honor her, Lawrence, man. She loves you. She would give it up for you, man. <laughs> but so he understood at that time, and he cried out. Uh, when he saw her, he tore his clothes. So imagine like a movie scene, like it's raining. He's like, no! But seriously, he was like, oh, no, my daughter, you have brought me down, and I am devastated. I have made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. So he was telling his daughter, I made this vow, and as much as I love you, and as much as my bloodline after this point will end, because there would be no others after he had this only daughter, so nobody else would be following in his footsteps. It was after his daughter was gone, it was Jephthah. And once Jephthah died, that's the end of his legacy. And that, in that time, having a legacy is the most important thing you could have, because you have to have somebody to pass down stuff to. How many of you want children that you could pass your stuff down to, your ways and your, your things that you could pass stuff down to? That was important for Jephthah too. It wasn't no different. See, so he realized like after this, it's over with. I'm done. I have nothing. I have nothing to follow up on. Nobody to follow up. And his daughter said, my father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me just as you promised. Now that the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the Anamites, uh, but grant me this one request, she said. Give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends because I will never marry. You may go, he said. And he let her go for two months. She and her friends went into the hills and wept because she would never marry. After the two months, she returned to her father and he did to her as he had vowed. And she was a virgin. That That's some heavy stuff. That that just put a revelation in me where it's like she went, she she posted a request. She had bold faith herself that she wasn't bitter about it. I know if my father came home from war and told me I had to be sacrificed, I'd be like, sacrifice yourself. Forget that. I'm not doing that. But she was like, okay, look, 
you were faithful to the Lord, so I'm going to do my part also and be faithful to what you said. You kept your word, and you're trying to keep your vow, and I'm not going to be bitter about this. I'm not going to be hateful about it because I know it's for the Lord. I know it's for the Lord, my God, and your God, and that was a priority because he did his part in, his, in your life, so I'm going to do my part and, let you, and let, basically let you sacrifice me. So she understood what was going on and just asked that she could go for two months, weep in the hills with her friends, and this also presents something else to us, where it's Jephthah had a period of two months where he was alone without his daughter, and it was just him and probably in his God and Jesus. And he had that whole two months to contemplate and step back on his promise and say, look, I don't want to do this. I, any day that he woke up, he could have been like, look, Jesus, I, I don't want to sacrifice my daughter. I don't want to give her up. Uh, maybe, maybe there's something else that we could do. Maybe we could work something out. But see, Jephthah didn't do that, right? See, some of us in this place, we don't understand that when we make a promise, we need to be sound of mind. We can't be double-minded. We can't be wavering from this place to this place like, well, I made this promise, but, you know, I'm going to try to find a, a way around it. I'm going to try to see if I could find a loophole because that's, that's the most popular thing now is to find a loophole. Like, look, I made a bet with Joe B about the Cubs, and he's like, I got to shave my head. And I was like, and then afterwards, I was in the car with Joe B. I was like, you know what? I think I found a loophole, Joe. And it say shave my whole head. I'm just going to shave the sides of my head. And I was like, dang. But that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to shave my head. I'm just waiting until I get married because my, my fiance will kill me if I have my head shaved. <laughs> but sometimes we try to find our way around things. And we try to try to maneuver our way out. And we let the devil whisper into our ears. And he's like, well, well, maybe you don't have to honor it that way. Maybe you don't have to do it the exact way that you that you said you would. Maybe, maybe there's a way around it. Maybe there's a way that you can get off and still have the Lord give you what you want, but you don't have to give him the request that you said you were going to do. You don't have to honor him, right? Um, but from, and then from this comes the Israelite tradition that each year the young women of Israel go out for four days to commemorate the Jada of Jephthah the Gildite. Uh, and then the Ephraimite forces were called out, and they crossed over to Zephon. They said to Jephthah, why did you go to fight the Anamites without calling us to go with you? We're going to burn down your house over your head. Jephthah answered, I, I and 30 linen, linen garments and 30 sets of clothes, tell us your riddle, they said. Let us hear. He replied, oh, sorry, wrong page. It kind of jumped. That was weird. Jephthah answered, I and my people were engaged in a great struggle with the Anamites, and although I called, you didn't save me out of their hands. When I saw that you wouldn't help, I took my life into my hands and crossed over to fight the Anamites, and the Lord gave me victory over them. Now what have you come up today? Now why have you come up today to fight me? So this is after, this is even more fulfilling uh, of Jephthah's life with, with God, how he was more, uh, how he was faithful. And it says here that a whole nother group came after the, after the battle was done, after Jephthah had already re, re, uh, resolved the conflict, after the Lord gave him the Anamites into his hands, and after his daughter was sacrificed, this great tragic loss that he had. Now another group is coming and asking, hey, why didn't you call me into battle with you? Like if I was a warrior, I'd be like, hey, Joe, come fight battle with me, right? Joe's basically coming up to me and saying, hey, why didn't you call me into battle with you? You know, I was here, I was ready, I was ready to fight with you, and now since you didn't call me, now I'm coming here telling you that I'm going to burn your house down over your head and kill you, basically. And Jephthah then called together the men of Gilead and fought against them. The, Gil, uh, the Gildite, Gildites, sorry, that's a hard word to pronounce. The Gildites struck them down because the Ephraimites had said, you Gildites are renegades from Ephraim and Manasseh. The Gildites captured the fords of of the Jordan, leading them to Ephraim. And whenever a survivor of Ephraim said, let me cross over, the men of Gilead asked him, are you an Ephraimite? If he replied, no, they said, all right, uh, say Shaboleth. If he said Shaboleth because he could not, if he said Shaboleth uh, because he could not pronounce the word correctly, they seized him and killed him at the fords of the Jordan. 42,000 Ephraimites were killed at that time. Jephthah led Israel for six years, and then Jephthah the Gildite died and was buried in a town of Gilead. So you might ask, why is all this important? Why does this whole story of Jephthah really matter? What is it? What, how can I apply this to my life? Jephthah lived, how many, No, nobody knows. I mean, Jephthah lived a very long time ago. 
Why would this apply to me now? What was important about Jephthah was the promise that he made and how he honored it. And like I said before, some of us in this building right now are making promises to God, or some of us in this place have not yet made promises to God, but it's weighing on our hearts that the Lord may be calling us, but we're scared to honor that because we don't know what may come out of that. And, uh, but what Jephthah did was he made that promise even out of, even out of the fear that he may have had because he had never led an army before this point. He had never led forces against a whole nother army of a whole nother king trying to uh, protect his people. But he felt the spirit of the Lord come on him to make that vow. And when we make a vow and we speak it, we know that Jesus hears that. But on the opposite side, the devil hears that as well. Because the words that we utter are heard by both, right? So we're given that opportunity at that time to either follow that out and stay with God or slip back and let the devil take us. So Jephthah made that choice that he understood what it meant, that it was a tragic loss, that he was losing his only daughter. And he, it could have been the worst thing that could have happened to anybody in that time. And we in this place don't count the cost. We need to count the cost and understand that it's not, it's not uh, about what we can do. It's not about what the Lord, it's not about uh, what we say to the Lord. It's about, being, it's about being faithful. See, if we're faithful with the little, then the Lord will give us the desires of our heart. And he doesn't just give it with the intention of giving it without receiving something. Of course, he gives it without receiving something, but he gives it so that we would know how good of a God he is, that we can turn to him in our times of need or in any time and receive his spirit and receive his love and re receive that eternal gift of uh, uh, eternal uh, eternal gift uh, gift of eternal life. Sorry. Um, and it's and this his Jephthah story kind of reminds me of the verse John 3:16 because it says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. See, God himself gave Jesus up. Just as Jephthah was called to give his daughter up as a burnt offering to end his bloodline, Jesus, I mean, God gave Jesus to take the sins of the world. Now, we didn't deserve, we didn't deserve Jesus. We didn't deserve to have the Son of Man come on earth and forgive us of our sins because we were a wicked people. See, Jephthah, probably before he was called into battle, may have been wicked. He may have been a sinner. He did lead, he led a gang of, as the Bible says, scoundrels. So people that you probably weren't too excited to see when they were walking down your block. You're like, I see these people coming. I'm going to either cross the street or turn back and go home because these people are on some nonsense. And Jephthah understood that once he was called, he had to answer that call. See, and he was faithful with that. It wasn't at a point where he was like, look, I'm going to... Be faithful with a little bit. I'm going to be a little cowardice, and I'm just going to, you know, march into battle and hope God does it. But he went with the spirit of the Lord, with the spirit of the Lord going before him, claiming that, making that vow to God, saying, I know you're going to give me this. I know you're going to deliver my enemies into my hands. So I'm making the vow right now to do my part and understand that the first thing that comes out of my house, that's yours, God. That belongs to you. And no matter how tragic of a loss it is, I'm going to give it to you you and when it was his daughter he wasn't phased he may have been grieved he may have been sad but he understood he understood at that point that it was like man this is it this is what I have to give up for God but you know what I bet you he had joy on his face he was like you know what for you Jesus it's worth it for you God I would give it up see in my life it was the same thing it's like God if I have to give this up then I'm gonna do it because you know what you have something better for me you have something more great for me planning my future to be a preacher of your word I gave up my dream of my dream before I was a Christian was to be in business to start my own business and do stuff like that so I was in college and everything, and then I got the call of the Lord, and I was, I was scared, you know. I was like, I'm looking for confirmation. I'm like, God, do I, are you really calling me to be a pastor? Are you really calling me to be a preacher? You really want me to do this? Because I could make a lot of money being a businessman. I could, I could be set, and I could donate to the church, and I could do everything. Just, 
I, I don't know if I should be a preacher, if I should give my life to this. I'm kind of scared. I don't think I'll ever match up to like a Pastor Joe or, you know, a Pastor Steve or anything like that. But God said, look, I called you. Now make your vow and honor it, you know, because he told me go to Bible college and fulfill that. It wasn't something where I was like, you know, I'm going to go to Bible college. Uh, I'm all broke, busted, and disgusted, and I'm going to go into Bible college, and God's going to do something, and boom. And uh, But I was bold about it. I was like, I'm going to Bible college. And there were trials and tribulations in my way. I actually, when I first applied, I didn't even get in the first time. I had to apply again right but some of us don't know that just because we fail doesn't mean that God is not setting up a success in the future for us right oh I need an amen to that that was good that was good Woo! hold on sorry I got hit with that hit with the glory but we need to understand that our success isn't measured by the world's standard. That our success is measured how faithful we are to Jesus. How faithful we are to God. And the vows that we make are important. They shouldn't just be hollow where it's like, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And if it's done, if the Lord does it in my life, then amen. And that's it. That's where, that's where it stops. That's where it's like, mic, mic, mic off. Um, the Lord do your thing. No, it's like, Lord, do your thing, and I'm going to do everything that I can to, uh, to see that vow fulfilled, to see that promise fulfilled. Because if that's not fulfilled, in the end, you're not glorified. And we live in this life to see Jesus glorified, to see his light come on this earth and change this world. See, but that's not going to happen if we're making hollow threats. If some of us in this place are saying, yo, I'm going to go evangelize, and I'm going to honor the Lord, and I'm going to be seen as a great person. But that is a prideful heart. My friend, you see, some of y'all don't understand that, that you going out and evangelizing for you to be seen as such a great person is prideful because we're going out there to evangelize for the work of the Lord, to gain souls into the kingdom so that God, in the end, more people will come to the understanding of the grace and kindness and loving heart of Jesus Christ, that he will come to set us free. And it's not what I did. It's not the work that I could do. It's not the work that Steve could do. It's not the work that Pastor Joe could do. It's what Jesus has done in our lives that changed us from our ways and set us free from the sin that held us captive that had bound us and Jephthah understood that see I'm going to keep pointing back to Jephthah because Jephthah was somebody who understood what it took he understood what it meant in his life he understood that at the end of his life he won he won that battle he didn't win the battle against against uh I mean he won the battle against the Anamites yeah but that was a temporary victory right he won the battle against the Ephraimites, but yeah, that was a temporary victory. In the end, what Jephthah ultimately gained was the eternal presence that he was with Jesus. He was with the Lord. Like right now, he's up with the Lord, and everything he did was worth it because he knew what his ultimate goal was. He knew what was set up and what would give him success and what would give him failure. He knew that if he made this vow to the Lord and came home and saw his daughter and said, forget this, I'm going to let my daughter stay and be the daughter that, and continue my bloodline. I'm going to let her marry and let many Jephthahs, many generations pass over and people will still know who I am. See, he could have been prideful and did that. He could have said, forget the Lord, I'm going to do me. I already won this battle. Why do I have to care about the vow I made now? God already gave me what I wanted. What's the reason I have to honor him back now? See, but Jephthah had reverence for the Lord. That's why he's in this Heroes of the Faith series. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame for believers, because he stayed faithful. Even a period of, we don't even know how long it took for him to get back from wherever uh, his last, the, the, the last battle that he had back to his home. We don't know how long that took, but let's just say it took a month. See, that's a month already, right? And then his daughter asked for another two months. So that's three months time, just figuratively. That's three months that he could say, man, it's been a long time. Nothing's bad happened to me. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, be in a bad place because I didn't honor my things. So you know what? I'm just going to live life and, you know, take it as it goes. He could have he said that and he could have been right in his own mind for saying that. The devil would whisper something like that in his ear. And, and today a lot of people a lot of things are whispered into people's ears like you know i'm just going to be a good person on fridays i'm going to come here to elevate i'm going to come here to sunday service 
and I'm going to praise Jesus. I'm going to raise my hand in worship. I'm going to let my knees hit the altar when I, when I, uh, when I pray. I'm going to close my eyes and pray really hard and, and act like I'm doing something. And in this place, you may be doing something. But then when you step out of these walls, it's a whole other story. And you're not, you're not keeping your promise that you made to the Lord. See, because in those times when you're here, you're making a promise to the Lord, saying that I am going to live for you for all of my days. I am going to honor you. Now, would you honor me? So we're asking the Lord to honor us and make us this great man or woman of God with no intention of actually being that great man or woman of God uh, or taking the steps to do that, right? So we have to understand that at that point, it's like, when we walk out of these walls and none of the leaders are around or, or nobody else is around and we're in those times by ourselves, we have to realize that God is still there. See, when we make these promises, God always hears us. When we, when we mention them out loud, when we're like, in, in our alone times, when we're alone, we may say like, God, I pray that you would, uh, you would do something in my life. I pray that you would uh, make me uh, a great person where I can speak to thousands and thousands of people and make lots of money and gain fame and notoriety and things like that. But the words that we say out loud, God hears that. See, we may only hear that out loud in our in our rooms, in our prayer closets by ourselves, but God hears everything, right? So if God hears that and he makes us that famous person, he makes us that person with influence. He makes us that person that that means something to the world like like a like a popular person uh Somebody shout out somebody really popular right now. I'm drawing a blank. Okay, that was a terrible, that was a terrible recommendation. No thank you, Joby. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with that because okay, what Josie, what'd you say? Chris Bryant. Oh, cosplayer, Chris Bryant. Okay. Oh, now y'all get excited. See, y'all don't get excited when I'm preaching all, all red faced. Y'all like Chris Bryant, yeah, Chris Bryant. But say he makes you like somebody like Chris Bryant, right? And you're like, Lord, I'll be faithful to you if you make me a Chris Bryant. If you make me help Chicago end the 108-year drought that they just faced without a championship from my Cubs. If you make me like a Chris Bryant, then, you know, I will follow you. I'll be a true disciple, right? And we make these great, these great, great things that we're, we're, we're asking of the Lord. We're like, yeah, make me this super huge person with influence and people will follow me and stuff like that in our private times. But in public times, we're like, uh, I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. I don't know what I'm, I'm being called to. I don't, know, I don't know if this is really for me. You know, I'm in and out of church. I come Fridays. I don't come Sundays. I come Fridays and Sundays, but it's on occasion when I feel like it. Uh, I, I was tired that last morning when the leader reaches out to you. You're like, oh, yeah, I didn't make it. I was, I was tired that morning. Um, I, I got other stuff to do, you know, this and this and that. And we don't realize that our words are literally persuading our spirits to stop following God. They're literally persuading. We're, we're making something up in our own minds where we're understanding that we're like, you know, I'm going to stop. See, if it was okay this one week, it'll be okay this next week. And it'll be okay this next week. And it'll be okay this next week. And then we're so far from God, we're like, man, how did I get this far? How's, why is Jesus over here and I'm over here by, by Satan now? Why, why is there this much distance? But we don't understand that that promise starts over here. That promise and that faithfulness and that renewing starts over here. We got to understand that the promises we make, it comes from a place of our, of our deepest, darkest, or not darkest, but our deepest uh, inner man. And we're making that promise with the, with the fact of, uh, not the fact, we're making this promise with the, uh, can't think of the word, intent. Beautiful. See, Jesus is good. <laughs> with, we're making this promise with the intent to follow it, but then we slip away. See, the way we don't slip away is by staying faithful to the Lord. See, in this Bible, it tells us how to stay close to Jesus. See, this Bible right here, this word, this book that a lot of us see a lot, but sometimes don't pick it up. You may have one at your house in a, in a library, like real dusty like, yeah, oh, take that thing out and read it. Because these are the instructions we have on how to stay close to Jesus. On how we, uh, the instructions on how we can follow God and keep our promises. Because when we keep our promises, the Lord is exalted. When we keep our promises, the Lord is favored. When we keep our promises, the Lord is glorified. See, and if we're living for anything else, then you're not living. You're not, you're not, you're not making a decision to follow God. If you're not making 
making a choice to be a disciple of Jesus, then what are you living for? You have no purpose if it's not for Jesus. If your purpose is for this world, the world is going to fail. If your purpose is for people, people will fail. If your purpose is for money, money is going to fail, right? But what's the one thing that does not fail? That's Jesus Christ himself. He's the only one who will not fail you. See, and that's why he gives us the desires of our heart, because he's a good God. He's a gracious God, and he gives it with the intent that we are going to honor our promises back to him, right? So uh, if Stephanie could come up and strum the guitar a little bit. <laughs> what I want to tell you guys is a lot of people, like I've been saying this whole time, a lot of people will make their promises to the Lord with the heart of not being true to it. So in this place tonight, I want us to be people who make promises with the intent to honor it, with our hearts set out genuinely to follow Jesus, to make our promises and keep them to the Lord. And in and, in, and through that, the Lord will be glorified. Amen. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to be somebody who commits yourself to God, I want this altar to be for you. It may be, I want it also to be for the person that may have made a, made a promise to God, made a decision to follow Christ, made that decision over here to follow Christ, and then at some point they got away from that original promise. They, they kind of backslid or stepped away from everything that they promised to God that they would do and they would be and they would understand is, is, is good and righteous, and they, they fell away from it. See, this altar is for you right now. This is, this is also an altar for anybody that may be new in this place. If everybody could stand up. This, may, this is also an altar for anybody who's new in this place who wants to make a promise to God with the intent to keep it, with the, with the purpose of making it a true promise, not something that's going to just go in your ear today and uh, this message will go in your ear today, you'll make the promise and then forget about it tomorrow. No, this is a place right now where we're going to make promises to the Lord and we're going to keep them. If everybody would bow their head and close their eyes. Oh, Lord. We invite everybody who, who this message may have, may have pierced their hearts, God. We invite them to the altar now that it's open, God. That it, it wouldn't be a time of, I want to look good. I want to look good in front of my peers. I want to look good to these people here right now. That it will be a real promise, God. It will be a real devotion to you, God, to follow you for the rest of our days, God. That it wouldn't be a self-righteous thing that I'm not doing it to gain fame. I'm not doing it to be popular, but I'm doing it because you called me to do it. I'm doing it because you are God and you are mighty and you are powerful and you are loving, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I pray for everybody to come forth, Lord, to come forth, God, to bring their requests to you, God, to bring their promises, their vows, their hearts to you, and lay it out at this altar, God, and that it would be a time that they can, that they can really receive from you, and you would speak to your people, and you would tell them what they need to do to follow that out, God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. This altar is open for anybody that wants to come forth. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, for your power in this place, God. For your Holy Spirit to touch them today, Lord. I pray that you would come in this place, God, and it would be so noticeable that you're here, God, that we would literally feel the presence of Jesus, that we would literally feel your Holy Spirit ministering to us, breaking chains, setting us free from our adversaries, delivering enemies into our hands, God, that we would be warriors set out to only seek your kingdom God that we would seek to make disciples of your kingdom we would seek your righteousness your holiness God and that would be our goal that would be our mark God oh hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus oh God we thank you Lord we thank you God we thank you that you came that you sent your son as a man fully divine but fully man 
to come on this earth and die for the sins that we took upon ourselves, that we committed within our own hearts, that we committed with our own hands, that we uh, stepped away from you, God, that we stepped away from your love and said, I'm going to do me for a time. I'm going to do what I want to do. But you sent your son so that we can be close to you again, so that we could have you in our lives again, so you could be within us, God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. If some leaders want to come and pray for the people at the altar right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God. God, give us your everything, God. Give us your heart, God. Your heart for people. Your heart for the lost. Your heart for the kingdom, God. That we will be kingdom-minded and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be about ourselves. It wouldn't be about how mighty we are and what we could do, God. But it will be about you. That you would set our hearts to your love. That you would set our hearts to your spirit, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We pray for fresh anointings in this place, God. 